Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we forget that it's all a work. this week though not this week i think this week we kept up no we we had an interesting week this week yeah the wrestling world had an interesting week this week yep bte 202 happened wait does that mean we're still on episode 199 part two then yes this is marking out with my girlfriend episode 199 part two (laughs) i'm not naming it that we are not doing this joke for four years no, we're doing this joke. I, I think we should do the joke for four years. Okay, but we asked Emma, and when she tells us not to do a bit joke, usually that's a good sign not to do the bit joke. Uh, what does she know? <laughs> you, it's wrestling. You stick with the gimmick, even if it's not working. It's your job to get the gimmick over, not the gimmick's job to get itself over. Oh, goodness. It's just our job to hype the hell out of the gimmick. Okay, so BTE 200 was kind of in two parts. A play and two acts, if you will. There were like four acts to that match. I know, I was counting the match as an act, and then the other stuff is the other act. Oh, well, no, that, that, that match had a four-act structure. Yeah. It was intense. There was a lot. Like, a lot happened. It, basically, they attempted a Young Buck versus Young Buck cinematic match yep i still question whether or not they should be allowed to call themselves the young bucks anymore when they've got houses full of kids you're getting up there guys sorry to tell you the middle-aged bucks (laughs) the well-experienced bucks the seasoned bucks (laughs) there we go what kind of seasoning though do you think it's like montreal steak seasoning I've actually been on a Cajun spice kick, so I think that could be it. Could be like um, fish tacos seasoning, whatever they season fish tacos with. Cause they are from Southern California. So, full discretion, I've never had fish tacos. <laughs> <laughs> just did a camera mug. T- take that hair if you want. Said <laughs> <laughs> so half of that would be a lie then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh god what were we even talking oh <laughs> we're talking seasoning- about the young bucks match what's yeah what season the what seasoning the young bucks would have now that they're the seasoned bucks <laughs> and you said fish taco seasoning i said i never had those like a nice salsa verde okay yes yeah, so, something very sweet would you describe salsa verde as sweet i describe it more as herbaceous a lot of the verde i find like around here and in general it usually tastes very sweet to me most of my salsa verde experience is with making my own. Okay, that's fair. So, like, what I'll do is I'll fire roast some tomatillos okay. on a grill. And then I'll also fire roast a bunch of different hot peppers. And we'll, you know, then after those roast real quick, take the skin off, blend them till smooth, and then cook the salsa for a while mm-hmm. with, like, various seasonings and everything like that. So, like, for me, I get, like, a lot of... Uh, cilantro in my salsa verdes but not a lot of sweetness 
like smoke, char, and herbaceousness, but not a ton of sweetness, which is nice. Anyway, this isn't a cooking show. This is a wrestling show. Well, to bring it back around then, uh, so if we're talking about the Young Bucks or the seasoning, it would have to be like very hardworking and like very high impact, but also not slow down for the entire meal. So maybe something like a chili dipping sauce. Maybe I that that's why I'm thinking like a good like that. See, like if you go with like a like a I don't know, salsa verdes are usually pretty mild. Is the thing. yeah, they are. So I'm I'm thinking more like a habanero, maybe that could work. You know, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but m- most people will ha- will be okay with it. Yeah, no, I think and they've got they're they're definitely a piquant blend of super kicks and Meltzer drivers. <laughs> Welcome to market with my po- with <laughs> with my podcast. Marking out with my podcast. <laughs> That's the solo episode. Welcome to marking out with my girlfriend. Episode two hundred. Uh, we're just going to compare wrestlers to hot sauce. <laughs> uh, they're definitely not a vinegar based hot sauce. No, though. definitely not. Uh, so yeah, no. Uh, BTE two hundred. <laughs> Young Buck versus Young Buck. Matthew Young Buck versus Nick Young Buck. Where Matthew comes out first, asking even where Nick is, and then shows up with a house show dive. Uh, yes, a house show dive. <laughs> they throw down on the tennis court. They do some wall flips and stuff like that. It's pretty. It, it's pretty nice looking. I mean, like the problem that I had largely with this match, not to go negative, they weren't really i it was very clearly filmed on hand cams yeah i mean but kind of the whole show has been up to this point so but like yeah yeah i mean like they had a stationary they had a hard cam set up and they had a hand cam with the stabilizer yeah but a lot of this was filmed on yeah hand cam and that kind of like doesn't do well with my stomach (laughs) okay that's valid what didn't sit well with me was watching them fight all over the concrete <laughs> basketball court. Because <laughs> when I did my backyard wrestling, I had a few matches on concrete. You know what you can't bump onto? Concrete. At all. Everything hurts. So, like, that, I, was there a basketball court slash tennis court concrete, or was it, like, a clay composite? It, it might have been a composite, but at least the walls were concrete and they work the walls a lot yeah i i noticed that the bumps that they were taking looked a lot more deliberately like rollable yeah you i caught them a couple times slapping their hands on the stuff just to get that extra sound out of it but so like they they were they they started doing like the bigger stuff on the grass when they moved over to the grass yeah grass is much more forgiving so you could get five fucking northern light suplexes <laughs> in a row and then countered into a ddt you <laughs> that five fucking times <laughs> no there's there was a lot good um the the table bump looked really nice after the yeah after the pocket sand matt gets laid down on the table the pocket sand was good <laughs> yeah there's random sand in his eyes now nick goes up into like an overhang i think it was covering up like some of the pool maintenance equipment uh-huh. And, j- and jumps through that and only gets a two. Uh, it's, so, uh, so, like, this was definitely an attempt at a cinematic match, too, because there were, like, hard cuts. 
It would have been, I would have been preferable if there was more, I think if they had gone a little heavier into, um, like backing tracks. Okay. Because there was a lot of silence. Yeah, there was. They had a nice little magical moment where apparently now Nick has magic powers. Yeah, he's the merch freak. But before that, though. Right, the pool bumps. Nick tries to drown Matt in the pool. Shoot drown, he says. <laughs> Shoot trying to drown me. <laughs> so he gets Which a... was my favorite line in the whole It's thing. so good. <laughs> but he ends up getting a Canadian destroyer into the pool. Yep. And then Matt goes for a pin in the pool and gets two. Because apparently you can pin someone on the surface of a pool. It's a surface. It counts. But it's not. How are, how do you know when their shoulders are down? Like, is a kick out when you're underwater just you going, huh? The ref has to pay a lot of attention. Like, if you if you just, like, slightly get misangled, is that a kick out or are you still making contact with the surface of the water? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Water has a surface. You can pin on a surface. I'm good. Okay. <sighs> 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 This is where Kat is regretting coming on this podcast. All right, so thank you everyone for coming out. As we say around here, <laughs> big eight new crimes, mwah, bang. <laughs> get, get the fuck out. Okay, Aaron, you're fired. I'm fired? Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. I'm a co-owner of this company, you can't fire me. Uh, last I checked, you know, we're not going to get into company <laughs> politics. Okay, tagging Emma. <laughs> okay, for tagging in Emma. How do we get Emma in on this? You tagged her in. I did. There's a small chance she actually joins the Zoom call. I mean, it, it's a joke. She's going to go for it. No, it's Emma. Yep. Yeah, there she is. She is. <laughs> you're not in the Zencaster, though, so you're not going to show up on the audio. Send her the Zencaster link. Hold on here. I, I got you. Okay, Emma, I'm going to send you my notes. Um, oh, I need to adjust how the screen's so... look here. Okay, let's... <laughs> On where are we aaron i don't know where we are in this <laughs> i'm gonna highlight where we are okay two in the pool okay so that's where we were right okay okay and i'm out <laughs> yeah i have no idea what these notes mean but uh merch freak magic and matt is marty Janetti in the barber shop um so M- marty Janetti is breaking uh all quarantine procedures and uh, went to his barber shop and uh Merch Freak Magic uh, is the name of his barber. Uh, back to reality, and then they're on a cliff. And I did not read that as Nick's deck. <laughs> yes. I did. I missed. I put the I and the E in the wrong place there. I assumed you would, actually. <laughs> okay, so um, Matt is. Matt Youngbuck is playing Marty Gennetti in the famous barbershop scene with Shawn Michaels, who's played by Nick. Nick hits the super kick and sends him through the window. Matt gets busted open and then comes back to the real world. <laughs> so they have, yeah, they have like a lot of good moments. Um, my favorite part though was like the way that at the end of the match, when Nick Youngbuck gets kicked off of the deck with the thumbtack shoes. Yeah, with the thumbtack shoes. Matt looks at him and says, "It mouths. I'm sorry. I love you." Still playing Shawn Michaels. And they, like, even lay it out on the mm-hmm. screen so you know what's going mm-hmm. on. So it's like, yeah, by the way, Matt, you're going to play Shawn Michaels in this. Uh, well, they both played Shawn. 
because Nick was Sean in the barbershop. Right, right, because, so yeah, no, this was, like, the, the Shawn Michaels motif was pretty good, though. I, I enjoyed it. It was a very silly match. It it was. They kind of went over that afterwards. Yeah. I'd like to see AEW try to do a little bit more with their cinematic matches in the future. I understand this was kind of thrown together as part of quarantine. And it was kind of like the first one they've done? Yeah, no, but like, I mean, I was kind of expecting the Elite Deletion to be like the first, it's going to be the first real cinematic match. Yeah, definitely. This was one they did because they were probably inspired by Mania and wanted to just turn something out real quick. And honestly, if you watch the Firefly Funhouse match, how can you not be inspired by that? Like, Firefly is one of my favorite TV shows, so... Right? I heard that a lot of that match was actually Cena's idea. Probably. So, like, the the, like the concept of, like, let's... Let's deconstruct all of Cena's career. Right. Was a Cena idea. Yeah, like we've said before, he's the one with the company power to be able to get that idea across. So, it, it was... He's also been around long enough that, like, he's at the point in his career where he can, like, do that self kind of mocking thing very well. Like, mm-hmm. and, like, the thing is, it, it wasn't, it, it, like, I don't know. I, I think mocking might not be the right word for it. Yeah. So more of, like, a kind of a memoir episode, memoir match. Yep. It, it was a very... It, it was a very mature look back. Right. It's like a little bit of like, you know, analysis of his career as a whole. A little bit of like if David Lynch directed someone's memoir. <laughs> very much, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, God, I need to watch Dune again. This is the one that I watched, right? Yeah, this is the one that you watched. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> the one where they had like the fucking Nitro intro. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. And uh, it was... That's good shit. (laughs) (laughs) And it was. It was. Uh, So what happens next is they're like... The the young bucks are sitting there like doing their thing. And it's like, hey, let's uh, let's cut to a montage, buddy. Yeah, they're sitting there going over how Nick's still not 100%. And this match kind of like proved that. So, but but they need to put something out into the world to be entertaining, because mm-hmm. that's that's their job. So that that's what they want to do. That kind of thought behind it. And yeah, they cut to a montage of all two hundred episodes of being the elite. And I very much didn't cry at the parts where they show offering their contracts to Cutler and Private Party. She cried. I cried a lot. <laughs> it was really sweet, and like I I know like being the elite is one of those like things where like you know it gives you a little bit of a look into at times when it's not like scripted and funny yeah it gives you a little look into like you know what the process is like starting a wrestling company or even just traveling as a wrestler because mm-hmm. it started out as just a travel, travel vlog because they need something to do while on a plane or driving or like in the bullet club bus and then it became how they would get their storylines over with people when they're working new japan because new japan wouldn't mm-hmm. quite give them the time they needed to do it so they went around that whole thing right and like yeah it, it's i mean it's really 
like the planning for All In was really sweet. Like it felt very nostalgic, even though I've probably watched under fifty episodes of Being the Elite. <laughs> I I've gone back recently and watched the uh, Kenny and Abushi saga in it again, just for all the feels. Yeah, that was that was something. So that ends. They get in the car. Nick says, "So where to next?" In typical movie fashion, like yep, buddy buddy cop movie for the first time ever i don't know again real cliche buddy cop line fade to black come back well there is that one thing we have to do still and then done and then it will cuts to nick looking at his laptop and closing it with the voiceover right you like that video i hope you did okay bye so who did they send the video to as an email yeah i'm holding out hope that it's hangman because i like that storyline I want to see where it goes, but it, it could be anyone, really. Who do you think? It could be Hangman. It could be someone not currently with the company. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. Sorry, I love you both. I'm way out of my depth here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Emma's tagging out. I'm going to head out. I'm tagging out. Enjoy the rest. I'll be in chat. Love you both. <laughs> love you, Emma. Tag! <laughs> Remember, it's all a work. Everything's a work till it's not. You shoot tried to drown me. <laughs> I was honestly wondering how long she would hang in there. I know, that was... It was an exercise in her patience. Oh, I love it. Uh, where were we? Oh, we were going to say... Because that's the thing with the elite is... They know, like, everybody. Mm -hmm. It could literally be anyone they just contacted. Because, like, that's the thing. Like, between all of them, they have a lot of industry contacts. I mean, just Cody. Just from being, you know, Cody Rhodes. From being the son of Dusty Rhodes. Has a lot of industry contacts. Yep. So, that was BTE 200 slash 202 it was honestly everything i could have hoped for and i'm very glad i caught it on the first premiere <laughs> i watched it after but it was still very enjoyable yeah do you want to move on to dark sure dark this week was very quick but i can say out of the two matches the women's match was not the short one which was nice yeah they were and they're neither of them were like According to the official rules of a squash match, neither of them were squash matches. Yep. They all lasted longer than, what's the rule? Three no minutes. More than four, three minutes. So it wasn't quite a squash match. <laughs> but yeah, we started off with Anna J, now with one J. Yes, she's lost a Y somewhere in there. I think Jericho might have stolen it after he made a snide comment about it. Probably. That, that seems like a very Jericho move. I took your Y! Ha <laughs> ha! That is some WCW bullshit. And I can imagine <laughs> the booking for that, actually. <laughs> actually, in this day and age, that would have been Chuck Taylor bullshit. And would have booked better. Exactly Chuck Taylor bullshit. <laughs> Just taking people's names. But like long hair Chuck Taylor. Yep. <laughs> when he was still working the Gentleman's Club. Greasy worked six shows today, Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor wrestling under the name Trent Beretta. 
Oh, okay. Anna J taking on Penelope Ford with Kip Sabian at ringside, of course. And our week's first look at the polycule that is Penelope, Kip, and Jimmy Havoc. Which we're calling the super bad polycule. Yes. Which is why that's this week's title. I, I want to tweet at Jimmy Havoc and ask about it, but I'm also scared. <laughs> I'll do it. You do it. Yep. I'll do it right now. <laughs> It's just like, if I'm wrong about this... Keep talking. There's a chance he might actually kill me. <laughs> I know he's fully capable of doing it. I've seen his matches. <laughs> yeah, we actually had a really good back-and-forth match throughout this. With Anna Jay starting off early on very strong. And then getting distracted by Kip, of course. Which leads to Penelope taking over. Showing off for a good chunk of the match. She goes for a cartwheel elbow in the corner for a second time and misses you know which is and a second bout of offense which makes this definitely not a squash match because she had two uh instances of offense in there and you know it came down to penelope ford getting the pin here looking very good looking strong it the whole trio is setting up for good things with this even if only two of them were out there okay i did it <laughs> Good, because I got to the end of the match. I want to talk... I First of all, I like Anna Jay's whole uh, Zatanna look. Yeah, I, I heard Cody shout that out right at the start. It was very nice. Uh, her new ring gear looks great. What was her nickname for this? The Show Stealer? I think so. Yeah. I, something along those lines, but the ring gear worked really good for that. The ring gear worked really well. She worked really well. Yeah. Um, I know she's like her losing the Y was part of when she signed officially with AEW. So she's like officially on the roster now. So we'll start to see yep. her get better looks or she'll just job for the women's division. I mean, someone's got a job. Might as well be the Isn't newbie. Isn't that what Leva's there for? <laughs> Leva doesn't get enough work. She doesn't. I miss Leva. She's out there so often just supporting Peter Avalon and his losing endeavors. <laughs> Peter Avalon with his creepy ponytail and mustache. <laughs> I jerk because I I so so very much enjoy Peter Avalon as a performer. Yes, he is. He makes himself so easy to hate. Oh, the star of the show. Okay, even better then. Yes, it's a note from producer Aitsu. Thank you, producer Aitsu. Um, so the next match is. Commentary is just done by Tone because Cody is in the match against Joe Alonso with Brandy at ringside. Joe Alonso, who gets his second match on Dark, still not against John Moxley. <laughs> I think Moxley went home. Yeah, <laughs> but it was uh, it was it was. I mean, it's a Cody match. Cody likes to get beat up before he hulks out. Yep. So yeah, he let Joe beat him up a little bit. This was, this was definitely the quicker of the matches, though. Yes, by, like, almost a whole minute. There's a moment where Joe tries to flirt with Brandy, and then that sends Cody into rage mode, because... Because that's what he does, apparently. Don't flirt with my wife. Uh, so, I really enjoyed the, like, weird modified sharpshooter Gale Lock. Yeah. That Cody... One. I, I originally I saw it as like a modified Texas Cloverleaf, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, the sharpshooter influence is really in there. It it's a complicated looking move. It was very complicated and very good looking. Yeah, it, it's definitely the kind of thing that Cody would put together. <laughs> yes, so it's a very Cody Rhodes move. Yeah. Speaking of which, I don't know if you heard, but recently uh, there was news that he's trademarking Cody Rhodes yep. as a name for him to start using in the ring again. That'll be neat. So that they don't have to do Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Yeah. <laughs> I know we talked about so much of that before where he just used Cody so long that he doesn't really need the Rhodes name. But I guess like at this point in his career, if he wanted to start using it, then that's just even more for him to ride on. Yeah, I, I mean, it's everyone knows who Cody is. Yeah. He's not going to get, like, more notoriety because, wait a minute, that Cody guy at the other company is Cody Rhodes, who used to be fucking Stardust? (laughs) That's not going to happen. Yeah. Former ROH champion Cody Rhodes. Letting him be Cody Rhodes again, you know, there's, there's some element of him honoring his dad. Yeah. Every wrestler knows the Rhodes name. Basically, every, every wrestling fan knows the Rhodes name. If you don't, you haven't watched long enough. <laughs> that you know, I will say that we shouldn't gatekeep wrestling fandom at all. I, I mean, like, like timeline wise, because if Son of a Plumber isn't in like your first year of watching, I kind of question where you're getting your sources from. <laughs> Probably just watching what's on TV. That's fair. Yeah. In which case, I really question where you get your sources from. Probably just what's on Fox and whatever other channel. USA. USA and... Is it... Are two shows on USA or is... I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, no, that was... Dark was dark. Yeah, it was a good show. You know, it, it put together a couple matches that were really fun to watch. And it was quick. I think, like, them expanding what they do on bte in terms of matches has allowed them to extend the limited amount of dark matches that they had recorded yes which has been like you know you're still getting an hour worth of wrestling between bte and dark yep but you're not like you know the pre-recorded stuff doesn't run out as fast yeah and you know that, that's been a really good tag team effort on on everyone's part the west coast edition of AEW dark versus the east coast edition <laughs> yep. that's the survivor series match i want to see so um why don't we head over to the mid roll and find out mid roll mid roll everybody's talking about the mid roll mid roll mid roll it is really gay with the recent news in the world of wrestling and the world at large marking out with my girlfriend would like to open our humble little platform to anyone affected Anyone interested can send us a voice clip up to one minute long to plug whatever you want, be that your merch store or, you know, I guess really just merch store, huh? Or any projects. Fair. We can be reached through hello at sosays.ca, marking out at sosays.ca, or through Twitter at sosaysmedia, that's s-o-s-e-s dot c-a or s-o-s-e-s media. So, chat, fans of the show, friends of the show, I need y'all to keep me accountable this coming week and make sure that I edit episode six of Unsound Theories. 
We need more unsound theories. I need more unsound theories. I was... Well, Emma's working on episode 7, but I got, like, real, real weird this week and then just didn't have the energy to do anything, so I apologize to everyone for that. Um, We'll get back to regular releases on Unsound Theories soon. Being creative in these weird and gross times is somewhat difficult at times. I think, like, I'm probably operating at, like, 33% normal creativity i mean i'm reading off notes so it's a little bit easier for me but yeah i can get how doing a full show watching a movie with no sound and then going over it that's pretty taxing right now well it's not even the recording it's the editing that i'm fuck i'm fucking not doing yeah but we'll 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 get back to regular episodes soon hey listeners this is kat and this is emma and we're here to talk about some very exciting plans we have. Chicks with Dice is starting an actual play podcast. The Same Coin is a brand new series exploring the socioeconomic underpinnings of the Star Wars universe during the New Republic era. We'll be following two parallel campaigns with unique casts of characters as they explore the backroom deals, bribes, and betrayals that help keep the galaxy functional. Supporters of the Sosa's Media Patreon will get exclusive access to our recording of Session Zero, where we'll discuss what the cast and game mistresses, that's us, what they're looking for in their game play experience and how they want to see their character progress. We'll also be talking about RPG safety tools and how we implement and maintain them throughout the campaign. Our safety tools discussion will be released on the public podcast feed. The first episode of the series will air two weeks following the release of Session Zero, and we'll be following a bi-weekly release schedule from there. We hope you tune in to check out this absolute labor of love, but in the meantime, live long and prosper. Cat, that's Star Trek. Jizz! My glasses are very smudgy. I'm going to take them off. Um, words, words, words. Back to the show. And now back to the show. So, dinamite this week. Dinamite? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a hot sauce. Kinda, yeah. What would dynamite be as a hot sauce? Like, like actual dynamite or like... The show dynamite. The show dynamite? Yeah. Okay. What would the show AEW Dynamite be as a hot sauce? I think based on the color, like the the um the theme, the branding colors. Okay. It might be like a, I, I want to say it's like a pineapple habanero. Oh, and then you you get that that really nice sweet, and then the kick as well. Right, and because of the pineapple, it kind of eats away at the skin of your mouth. Yep. So the habanero makes it tingle. The habanero. You get that feeling from the capsaicin and the habanero yeah, it just, a little it bit hangs more. with you a little bit longer. Exactly, because you've got many tiny cuts from the pineapple digesting you back. <laughs> Which is such a weird concept. Yeah, I know. I like that idea. Like a kind of tropical sort of... That'd be a good hot sauce. Yeah. I like the bottle would have like a little like kind of like blue accents on it for the blue color and the dynamite yeah. branding. Uh, so, dear AEW, Tony Khan, uh, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, uh, please hire us to make branded hot sauces for you. We're very good at this. We've already figured out two. <laughs> anyway, 
there's wrestling to talk about. That isn't hot sauce based. We start off Dynamite with a Cody promo this week. Yeah. He's got like a big high tech Batman setup going where he's watching matches of everyone still in the tournament. Actually, yeah, we should probably add Brandy with this. Yeah. Thank you, Professor. <laughs> professor Aitsu. Wow, that's <laughs> that was very smart you, Professor Aitsu. <laughs> Aaron. That's very Freudian of you. Cat, shut up. <laughs> <sighs> Producer Aitsu. <laughs> professor. No. They're Professor Aitsu now. <laughs> I've been in school that's fair uh, where the hell was I right Cody going over all the matches talking about everyone in the tournament left how their individual strengths play out individual weaknesses and I thought it was really good it was well shot it was high quality I just wish they had done this at the start of the tournament instead of halfway through yeah because like, I would have liked to see you know mentions of Spears and Cabana on this mm-hmm like, I, I want to see Cody break down the entire roster in this tournament. Not just what remains of it. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Like, I think that would have been very... I think they realized they missed the opportunity there and they scrambled to recover. Possibly, yeah. You know, when you punt on something, you try to hope that you can maybe get that punt return back for off of some weird fumble situation. Sports. Sports ball. <laughs> So, uh, Tournay and Le Champion, I, it aggressively bothers me that no one except Jericho can say Le Champion correctly. I know. Has Kenny ever said it? I don't know. I, one would assume I, I that bet Kenny would get it Kenny right. could say it. Yeah. yeah. Spears could probably get it too. Uh, Niagara, never mind. Yeah, we don't do French so well. There's one <laughs> part of this town that's, that has all the French population and no one else. So, oh, here's the funny thing. So here, the French population and the Italian population live very close to each other. Like, they just kind of happened when everyone mm-hmm. migrated. So you get, like, a weird French with Italian accent language getting spoken. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, okay, so by me, like, a little ways away, but somewhere in, like, this general area... There's a very odd fusion restaurant. Oh? It's called Eye to Eye. Okay. It has nothing to do with the Goofy movie. It is Indian and Italian. Okay. And like, look up the menu here. Yeah, but that's what are their vegan options? Well, that's a good question. Because <laughs> if they're good, I want to go. I just, they have a thing on the menu called nachos. <laughs> They have kofta marinara, butter chicken calzones. Like, a lot of this is really very... That sounds really good. Clever ideas. And like, okay, first of all, they've also got quesadillas on the menu. So like, it's not quite... So it's Indian, Italian, and some Mexican? A little bit. Or is it Tex-Mex, maybe? Uh, I would guess it's closer to Tex-Mex. I'm gonna be honest, this place is buck wild. It could be very authentic Mexican. Chicken makni penny vodka. So it's it's butter chicken penny vodka. Okay. Burk makni, but with 
I guess like the the makni is a vodka sauce. That would be my guess, yeah. Uh, kofta marinara. There's classic Indian dishes on the menu as well. Indian pizza. They have a grilled tofu pizza. Ooh. But it's got cheese on it. <laughs> I mean, we can probably take the cheese off. True. A butter chicken pizza. A chili paneer masala pizza. A chicken tikka masala pizza. Oh, I love tikka masala. <laughs> masala potato calzone. Okay. Yeah, no, it's like, like, it's a very interesting concept. I know this has nothing to do with wrestling. <laughs> this episode hasn't had much to do with wrestling. <laughs> We've been very off track. <laughs> Nobody's listening for the wrestling. They're listening for our personalities. Sure. That actually... Actually, you know, I feel like people are actually probably... If they're going to listen, they're going to listen for us. Oh, we appreciate all of you that listen. I actually check for, the stats for, for every reason. show. <laughs> um, I did see that, that we had one listener coming from India. So, hello. Hello, listener from India. Um, I'm sorry that this restaurant near me has done such an abomination to your cultural food. But also, I kind of want to go. But I'm very also, curious. A Merk Makni calzone sounds amazing. Yeah. If I still ate chicken or dairy. Yeah. Uh, so we'll anyway. Have to order this stuff. Okay, anyway. Back to the show. We start off with a tournament match in Sammy Guevara taking on Darby Allen. With Sean Spears at ringside wondering where his money is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was a very fun match. It felt very big. It was a huge way to kick off the show. And it had the greatest moment in oh commentary. Goodness, yeah. AEW commentary history. Which moment was that? It was, oh god, what, I forget exactly what he said. I messaged you about it. Let me pull up Discord real quick. Because I need to find exactly what Jeez. was said. Right. It's a good thing they don't talk a whole lot in Discord. It'd be hard to find stuff then. No, I, it's entirely too hard for us to find okay i've got it let's talk about let's talk about okay let's talk about the wrestling before we talk about jericho okay so this match was very reminiscent of the one they had at all in where sammy jumps darby on his way in he sets up a ladder this time instead of a table and does mm-hmm. a splash through that the ladder doesn't budge but both of them it's a do ladder it's not a table it's a ladder and ladders don't collapse like wooden tables do yeah so they go to a break after that and start checking him out sammy ends up just throwing him back in the bell so the match can start gets an immediate two count off of him darby starts coming back and pulls off sammy's boot and socks mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets an ankle lock on the top rope which he has to break of course but now sammy is wrestling a match in one boot and he's still doing and then Zagiri and springboard cutters and all this other stuff. With like that, what, like quarter inch of height difference between his feet, which definitely messes up your gait. Oh yeah, like it can it can mess up your hips if you're not careful. I had a friend in high school who had to get his leg lengthened. Yeah. Because of that and like basically missed all of gym for the entirety of high school and most of middle school. Yeah, I believe it. It'll it'll really mess you up, though. Oh, the unbooted foot foot didn't hit the rope on that cutter. That's even more impressive. Yeah, it like it was a really good like back and forth slug out match. I they 
really like they brought it all on this they brought it all and it was it's it felt like the first i know like that like everyone's been working hard but we've been getting a lot of squash matches this felt like the first eh, maybe not the first this tournament has felt like a return to form for aew yes like this is your usually scheduled dynamite matches they're putting on here Mm -hmm. right so uh the the best part of the match is when Darby goes for a suicida yep. and misses and he eats the barricade. Oh gosh, that I hate watching that every time. And it was just I love Jericho <laughs> so much. He says, Do you know what suicida stands for in Spanish? I don't and then like a minute and a half later he says something else in spanish he's like do you know he's like yeah of course i do i i speak perfect spanish (laughs) yep i I actually wrote that note down (laughs) oh just jericho and comedy is gold all the time yeah oh god it was such a good he has another all-time classic moment as well in the Kenny Omega match. Oh yeah, definitely. But to get there, we gotta get through this match first. Yes. Where we have Darby goes for a springboard coffin drop, mm-hmm. gets caught, and then reverses the burning GTO into a Last Supper for three. Mm-hmm. Or not GTO, GTS. <laughs> GTO's a car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with words. That's why I'm on a podcast. An entirely audio format. Um, there was also the 6.30 that Darby got out of by just, like, lifting his hand up oh, to touch yep, the rope. yep. Just, like, a little bit badly positioned, but... Get to still protect the 6.30 a little bit, and Darby gets out of it, so... Mm-hmm. Always smart when they do that. Yes. So, Darby gets the win on the last supper. Darby, I think Darby going over Sammy in this match, I know it breaks your bracket... It breaks my bracket and it kind of breaks my heart. I was really, really hoping for Sammy to go all the way on this. To get the strap. To put it on. To get the strap on. (laughs) I'm just embracing it at this point. I know. It's it's part of your brand now. I just don't know that, like, I don't know that they'd let the, like, lieutenant in the inner circle have another belt when Jericho doesn't. Yeah, but I was kind of looking forward to that dynamic and how it would play out. I mean, same. It would be interesting. Because you get a little bit of what could have happened later on as well. It's true. So, I, I don't know. I think I think he, the at this point, the only way this ends is Cody versus Lance Archer. Yeah, which, a little bit disappointing, really. Because yeah. they had that whole buildup of Cody saying, like, yes, Lance is a big thing over in Japan, but he hasn't worked AEW yet. And then he's immediately in a tournament. So, like, I, I get the scarcity of resources that, that would put him in there. Yeah, the issue is, I, I mean, like, I think it's like 30-something percent of their roster has worked over the last six weeks. Yeah. They haven't had a lot of people there. Be- because had... when AEW says, if you go home, it won't affect your chances here at all, people actually believe it and go home. <laughs> well, that and wrestlers in California and New York had explicit stay-at-home orders. Yep. They were told, don't come in, even if you want to. Yeah. So, you know, we've been down Santana Ortiz. We've been down 
the Bucks of Youth, Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon, every wrestler out in California. Hangman. Hangman. He's been gone too. Although I think that's more voluntary. Most of the women's division. Yeah, most. Yeah, like we've got what, Britt Baker, who Sheeta. lives in Florida. Sheeta. Anna Jay now. And yeah, Penelope. And whatever other talent there are at the at uh, the school yeah nightmare factory i'm sorry i can't remember all your names we respect the hell out of you and we appreciate you and we can't wait to get better looks but there's a lot of people who it's their first aew match yeah so after this i i think it's sorry this match continued their rivalry well they have good chemistry and work well together and do delivered a really good match i am excited to see where the tournament continues to go and what kind of matches it can produce yeah i'm not not looking forward to any matches in the tournament it just seems like the predictable outcome yeah no and it's been predictable thus far yeah not to say that predictability is bad no i can definitely applaud them for going into it with a firm story that that they're looking to tell and then seeing it through not just throwing in a swerve for the sake of it and, like, sometimes predictability is good, particularly in times that are as uncertain as these. That's very fair, yeah. So, yeah, no, the next thing we have is, what, the, is it the Matt Hardy video package? Yep, where he turns his attention to Sammy instead of Jericho. Wasn't that last week? Uh, no, we just talked about the Sammy incident more. I thought that, oh yeah, no, he, I guess he does, but, like, he breaks character too yeah and he becomes matt hardy not damascus yep yeah this whole thing was it's still kind of all over the place and it's it's a roller coaster kind of yeah um it it, it, it's a matt hardy video package yeah i I like the breaking character be like you know chris jericho and i we've been in the industry together for a long time we're good friends we go like way back i just really think you know I'd like to have a match with him if he wants to come down to the Hardy compound. Blah, 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 blah. Yep. I think my favorite recurring segment is Taz breaking down moves. Oh, gosh, yeah. He's so good at it. I I really enjoy that, except the butt circling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to harp on that until something gets said about it. Yeah, no, it. you're completely right in that. But yeah, his breakdown of the V-Trigger this week. And the Snapdragon. Yep. Both were very, very... I I wish they would put those on YouTube. So, interesting thing I learned this week is that the Snapdragon, like a Snap Suplex in general, they're not called suplexes over in Japan. They get called throws. Hmm. So I I found out this week why. (laughs) And it's because in Japan, they monitor the arch of the offensive wrestler's back for those. So a suplex, you arch your back to de- to deliver it. A snapdragon, you just yeet. So a snapdragon is a throw. A snap suplex is a throw. That's why they call it a brain buster. Mm-hmm. So little piece of neat trivia for you. Yeah, no, it, I I like the way that Taz breaks things down. Did you know that world-renowned writer Stephen King was once hit by a car? Just something to consider. And so the next thing we have was our... Kenny Omega versus Laura Ingalls Wilder match. (laughs) 
That's because of the Little House on the Prairie reference, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. Chris Jericho, <laughs> while commentating on this match, because if the guy's name is Alan Angles, I still think he should rebrand as, as Alan Angles and run a communist <laughs> gimmick. Okay. That's just me. Okay. That could be fun. I have very specific tastes in wrestlers, and it's the ones who run communist gimmicks. Or a vegan. <laughs> or a vegan, yeah. I honestly didn't expect this match to go much better for Alan than his match with Lance did. <laughs> then I remembered halfway through, oh right, Kenny's booking this one. Kenny has no easy wins. No. I, I mean, like, like, this match was definitely a very enjoyable match. Yeah. And, like, I think the idea of Kenny not getting easy wins is good for the, you know, temporary talent that they've brought in because it raises their portfolio. Of course. They have a lot to show off in a match with Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. More than they do with Lance Archer. <laughs> yeah, Lance Archer is just like, you're dead. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you, can, you can bump and sell really good. Also, you can look amazing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, this was a very fun match i enjoyed i mean like laura ingles wilder kicking out of the v trigger at two was really really cool yeah that, that kind of shows you that the, the v trigger is not so much the finishing move anymore it, it's a good setup mm -hmm. but it's not the one anymore i did really enjoy the, the part where he lifts up the apron mm -hmm. oh yeah the the apron pull and goads Kenny onto it and then pulls it and trips him. <laughs> like, that, that even caught very... the commentary off guard a little bit. Yeah. No, that was that was a lot of fun. It was a little, like, Looney Tunesy moment. Yeah. But yeah, no. Jericho talked about Little House on the Prairie for some reason. <laughs> it was very good. I think they missed an opportunity for Angles to get the one-winged angle. <laughs> Oh, but you see, if he hits it, he's got to get the pin then. Yes. Because, you know, nobody's kicking out of that. We we've determined that already. It's the move itself. Right. But, you know, it was an enjoyable, it was an enjoyable outing. And I think, you know, nobody came out of this looking bad. No, no, of course not. And Kenny Omega gets no easy wins. Correct. <laughs> Following up on this, we had a promo from Scorpio Sky, mm -hmm. who goes through a lot of his early career struggles especially with like his lower back and doctors tell him he'd never wrestle again to just waking up and doing it inspiration from his unfortunately past mother mm -hmm. so yeah it, it's a good little personal piece that gets you more info on scorpio sky as a person and gets you more into scorpio sky as a performer yep because now you've got an idea why he's throwing everything out there every night Right, that's, you know that, like, you know, in a sense, it's a little bit of his kind of promise to his mom. Yep. That he's gonna go out there every night and give it his all. And hopefully that means people appreciate it more. Right. Not that they don't already. No, people love SCU. We get a BTE 200 recap, and then we get the headliner of the night, Orange Cassidy versus Jimmy Havoc. Easily. Jimmy Havoc coming out with Penelope Ford. And Trent and Chuck at ringside. So we get uh, two out of three of the polykill going on here. Mm -hmm. Havoc decides to jump Orange even before the bell starts, as is his way. Yes. And yeah, Havoc beats him up 
around the ring, around the outside. At one point, put him up against uh, one of the corner posts uh-huh. and goes to chop orange, orange ducks. So he just slaps him on the back instead. <laughs> Jimmy's been through too much to know to know not to expect that. Right, and oh god, um, so we watched over the last couple of days. It was either you watched it last night, I watched it this morning. Um, there was the Chikara match of Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor versus Princess Kimberly and Gentleman Jervis. Yep. Where Orange Cassidy like she's gonna chop me and then leaves the ring every single time. <laughs> yep. So it's good to know that he's gotten over his fear of getting chopped. Yeah, he's overcome a lot of fears in his time. You know, getting chopped, robots, <laughs> murder robots. <laughs> Oh god. I I love Orange Cassidy as he is now, but I kind of miss that little extra silliness of Orange Cassidy saying shit in the ring and I think like this is a perfect time to bring that back. Yeah. Like especially with the close set shows mm-hmm. with less people in there, you can definitely hear him then. So g- getting that wit out there would be a lot easier. Yeah, because it's hard to get that wit communicated in a full arena, you know. Exactly. I think this match was very important because yeah, there, I like it, there's a lot of really I, like Orange Cassidy shows again that he knows how to work, which like you don't expect as much from like the comedy gimmick wrestlers, unfortunately. But I think that's what I that's what I like about the like the way that Chikara trains people is very very good in that they like you know they let you do a weird funny gimmick but they also teach you how to work so you can be funny yeah but have the technical skill and like that's you know like that's what it takes to be really good in the indies is yeah you know get yourself over by engaging the audience but also know how to work. Yeah. There's actually a really good documentary on Orange Cassidy on YouTube somewhere. It's very good. Yeah. Where he, he talks specifically about like the psychology of comedy wrestling mm-hmm. and how it's using so much of of his training and what he's just learned by doing. So he gets to put all of it in there to, to get like correct comedy timing in a wrestling match. Yeah, and like that's something that's not to be understated is developing comedic timing is hard. Developing comedic timing while wrestling is even harder. Yep. So the good news is that Orange Cassidy goes over Jimmy Havoc at the end of this match. Yeah, he does, but not before Kip Sabian makes a run out mm-hmm. to attack Chuck and Trent, you know, bringing together the entire polycule here. Which is absolutely why we assume that they're in a polycule. Exactly. This isn't a stable. You don't get to just make it a stable without there being actual buildup. <laughs> Especially not with how hard Jimmy Havoc was leaning into, you know, Kip has an amazing ass. Look at how hot he is. He's such a beautiful man. That commentary is still among my favorite. Especially because you could tell that, like, you know, Tony was floundering. Like, what do I say to this? <laughs> Which is probably half the reason he said it, to be honest. But I've taken it as they're in a polycule. <laughs> it's a polyamorous relationship when they're all in love. I appreciate them. Hashtag let Jimmy and Kip kiss. No, I believe the hashtag is let hashtag let Kip Sabian and Jimmy have a kiss. <laughs> Whichever. 
hashtag let Kip say being a Jimmy Havoc kiss is the official hashtag of marking out with my girlfriend. And our crusade to get more gay into wrestling. To get more polyamory into wrestling. Yeah. There's a lot of gay in wrestling. And I love seeing all of it. Agreed. There needs to be more poly in wrestling, though. Mm-hmm. MV Young, I see you. I appreciate you. Poly cult rule number 666.9. No swearing. When I edit this, that's going to seem like seamless and like I knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, Kat, in the end of this, Orange Cassie gets the mousetrap for the pin mm-hmm. and then gets jumped by Kip and Havoc, who quickly get chased off by Chuck and Trent. And this is going to lead into a match for next week. Yes. Which is going to be very good. The super bad polycule versus the best friends. That sounds like a match I would book. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I can't wait to see that one. It's going to be great. I loved the promo in the back. Chuck Taylor's got the, the, the workout chains on him, looking all intimidating. And Trent's just being very quiet. Because that's how you know he's going to kill you, is he's mm-hmm. quiet. <laughs> I still would like I know like they're limited in who they can get right now because like the wrestlers from Mexico which and from the UK i.e. Death Triangle yeah. are not able to you know because of travel restrictions not able to work yeah which is I hope they don't get left behind I hope that they still get the street fight because they did kick Trent in the dick <laughs> they did Let's not forget that they kicked Trent in the dick. Kick my friend in the dick, man. <laughs> That's the classic Chuck Taylor that I love. Oh, gosh. I, I just want to spend a night watching Chuck Taylor videos. Do you want to spend a night watching Chuck Taylor videos while I drink some whiskey? Okay, I'll get the wine. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> if I get a health update on uh, MJF, he had a hangnail. But yeah, all week MJF has been on Twitter... Looking like he's kind of breaking character. You know, he's being very concerned. It's like, I wish I could be out there working, but I've got this health issue and it seems to be getting worse. So he might need surgery and all this other stuff. So we pull up to MJF's house. He's got his arm in a sling. His hand is wrapped up in a, in a bandage. And he announces he has a fucking hangnail. And I lost it. I couldn't stop laughing for a good 10 minutes. It was a lot. It it was a week of build-up. Like, I saw this go- making the news rounds. That people were wondering what the heck is actually up here. I mean, it was a week. I think everyone got worked. Yep. <laughs> uh, we got worked hard. Like, even me watching, it's like, this might be leading to something. But he's saying surgery. That's pretty serious. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off of this one. That son of a bitch. It was... Yeah. He is honestly one of the best heels going. I I agree. Like, I'd call it, like, an all-time heel. Yes. From MJF, we get his bodyguard taking on Lee Johnson, who... Who dies. Who's not doing very good in these matches. Like, I I appreciate you coming out there, but oof. This just looks painful. (laughs) It was a longer match than the last one. True. Uh, He got thrown around a bit more, though. True. And then we get the F10 for the finish. Classic squash match. Yep. I do love the F10, though. So we get, like, a Dark Order segment. Brody Lee recruits a 
XFL player or something. <laughs> a former Heisman Trophy winner. I think JR was talking about this guy a little while ago, trying to build him up as like the next Brock Lesnar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's he he the XFL didn't didn't survive and <laughs> so now, now he has nowhere world. to go, so he's gonna be a wrestler. <laughs> but yeah, this is still like a very jab at Vince and his hiring practices of like, what's your height? What's your weight? Did you play college football? But it was a lot more subtle this time Mm -hmm. because they kept more of like the corporate atmosphere to it. So it it played out a lot better than the previous ones I felt. Yes, it didn't feel so yelling at you for sneezing. Yeah. Because that one's a little on the nose. (laughs) But yeah, the the height, weight, and college football things like that's, that's a known trait of Vince's. But it's not... It's not one that gets blown up like the sneezing or the sleeping thing. <laughs> well, like, no, the and like the height, weight, and college football experience, those are legitimate qualifiers for someone who might have raw potential. Yes. If you're recruiting someone who isn't wrestled before. Because you want them to be trained in your style and your style only, so that you have a very samey show, Vince. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So from this, we get the exalted one, Brody Lee, taken on Justin Law. Justin Law dies. I think this is where the handprint came that I saw last week. Almost assuredly. <laughs> if, for anyone who didn't listen last week, when he came out for his match last week, he had like a big handprint on his chest. But I don't think it was there for the match. So I think he got it during this and they like re-recorded one of his intros. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> There's not much to talk about with this match. It was a Brody Lee match. He did that thing where he stares at the camera when he pins the guy. Yeah. The much more important thing is staring down with Marco afterwards again. Because this is apparently going to lead to something next week. Marco, you barely survived Lance Archer. What are you doing? Please stop. You gotta die. Think of the children. Like you. (laughs) Just wrestle with Orange Cassidy again. (laughs) Little boy, jump at me. I'll catch you. <laughs> now you're going to move out of the way. <laughs> I do... Okay, one of the things that I did like about uh, Marco's stunt when he was still working beyond wrestling mm-hmm. was the hype up with Sugar. The Sugar Rush? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, the Sugar Rush was good. I'd like to see them maybe try to bring something like... I, that's not like deal breaker but like if he's doing singles matches a sugar rush kind of marco stunt going crazy would be kind of kind of a nice little it, it could be like a, a, a level up play okay a level up play yeah i was gonna say a level playing field then <laughs> but both work yeah no, like he's like oh i need to level up it's like popeye <laughs> and spinach but marco stunt and candy yeah <laughs> that would be fun to see actually mm-hmm um Orange Cassidy juicing up would be good too, but they need to find orange juice that isn't very obviously a brand of orange juice. Yeah, you can't just bring Minute Maid into the ring for this. Or Sunny no, D. Or... This ain't the Indies. <laughs> and like Tropicana bottles have a very distinct shape. Yep. Minute Maid less so. You might be able to get away with a Minute Maid if you took the label off. Yeah, they could probably also get him a bottle too. True. Well, that thing. And they don't need to, though. I, They don't need to recreate everything from the indies for it to be good. Yeah, no. These are just the things we like and don't mind seeing again. Yes. Uh, 
but ooh, orange and hot sauce. How would that go? Not good. Okay. Too much. Too much acid. So he might be more like a Terry's chocolate orange, not so much a hot sauce. Orange Cassidy isn't a hot sauce at all. No. No, he, he's definitely a. He's not. A, I don't know. I feel like he's just like a Satsuma. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Aaron, you're editing this. I know. That's fine. I'm looking at the clock to see just how long I can bear with all these jokes. <laughs> if we can hit one hour forty-five, I think I'm still good. Okay. Uh, so we get the bubbly bunch, <laughs> where they have their weekly phone conversation to go over everything. Uh, Sammy is sad. Ortiz and his stuffed animals give him a pep talk. Yep. Hager tells him he's too beautiful to be upset. And then they flim flam for hand sanitizer. They do a mock TikTok deal where they all dance. And whoever, whoever wins gets hand sanitizer. <laughs> they all agree that Sammy won, which makes Jericho very angry. Because <laughs> he wanted to win the flim flam dance competition. Try your hand sanitizer, Sammy. <laughs> this goes back to what I said before with Sammy winning the tournament. Mm -hmm. And that they ha they give this little view of what could have been mm -hmm. with Jericho being a little bit annoyed, a little bit on edge with it. As much as he says he wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, we get the booking for next week. Marco Stunt versus Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. Cody versus Darby. Mm-hmm. Lance Archer versus Winner. And we... Okay, here's the thing. The Winner kind of gets spoiled. A little bit. Because the best friends challenge Jimmy Havoc and Kim Sabian to a tag match that's booked for next week. I wonder who's going to win the match upcoming. Oh, gosh, yeah. No, really. Between Dustin Rhodes and Kip Sabian. <laughs> they could have faced that one out a little bit better. They could have paced that one a little better. They could have opened... I think they should have opened the show with Dustin versus Kip. And then end with Sammy versus Darby? Darby. Honestly... I can agree with that. So, yeah, no. But this was, it was a solid match. I Yeah, you have two solid workers in there. You're going to get a lot of good stuff out of it. Mm -hmm. You have both Penelope and Brandy on the outside, so you're going to get stuff out of both of them. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they, they went over all week about how Dustin would be retiring if he lost this match, so, of course, he's not going to lose. Mm -hmm. No, like, that. it's a good, like, grindy sort of ground and pound match yeah because that's what dustin needs to be doing now at his age even though he and also kip can keep up with that yeah no I, he does bust out a code red yeah he gets the win off a of code red brandy finally does something about fucking penelope it only took like four times penelope ford gets speared yeah they both end up in the ring somehow and penelope ford gets speared that distracts Kip, who then gets the code red. I like this match definitely. Again, Kip is a good worker, and it bumps his stock up a little bit. Even though, like you know, he's got like this. I, I don't know. I feel like the way that the shows have to be pre-recorded now and have to be like limited, limited wrestlers, limited audience. I think once things get fingers crossed, shortly back to order. Yeah we'll have a bit more of like space for Kip 
to grow. Yeah, more room to spread out and really make a mark. Because it's very easy when the people that show up to the show are Cody and Dustin Rhodes, when they are Lance Archer and Brody Lee, you know. Like, w when you're when you're mainly been booked on par with Best Friends and Jimmy Havoc kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't give you a whole lot of room to grow in that environment. Right. You're when you're mainly booked against mid carters, you end up looking like a mid carter. Yeah. Is what it comes down to. But still a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to the next round of the tournament. Yeah. Next week. Even if my brackets are completely destroyed now. I could have told you that bracket was a bad bracket, Aaron. Uh, I got Cody right. I think I like one for one got the bracket so far. You probably did. I, I booked with my heart, cat. I booked with my heart. You gotta book like a smark. <laughs> I was like, good thing I'm not a fucking smark then. <laughs> it, I, you know, there are two, okay. Everyone, there are two things that I'm going to say every single episode of this show until it stops being funny to me. And that's strap on and smark. Double S. <laughs> because I know Aaron hates both of those things. I wouldn't say I hate the first one, just not in this context. No, uh, do you? You're definitely. It's definitely one of those embarrassing ones. <laughs> oh yes. Okay, so we've got two more segments left to go. Yes, we do. We're getting through this. Don't worry. We've got what's my beef? But first, it's time for booty moments with Cat. Hello, welcome to Booty Moments with Cat. I'm your host, Cat. We're going to talk about a wrestler's butt today. Aaron, whose butt are we talking about today? You don't know. I don't know either yet. <laughs> you didn't ask me to find anyone. We're going to talk about Trent. Now, Trent has a pretty good butt. Not stellar. Not bad. Seven and a half. This has been Booty Moments with Cat. So, so really, his butt is a reflection of himself where, you know... It, it's a really good worker, but it's not quite up at the top yet. Right. Okay. Uh, so let us go into what's your beef? Okay. What's your beef this week, Aaron? My beef this week is with AEW and their booking of the Kip Sabian versus Dustin Rhodes match, where they focused all week on this idea that Dustin Rhodes will retire if he loses and taking away any possibility of him losing because someone who's been wrestling for 33 years has done every major company in North America mm -hmm. has been a household name for a large part of his run is not going to retire after a closed set show on a Wednesday night. No, his retirement match is going to be a pay-per-view and I mean, honestly, the perfect retirement match was Double or Nothing last year. Oh, definitely. It's like, it's almost a shame that match was as good as it was. Because when he is ready to retire, it it might not be possible to surpass that. I don't think it will be, because there was so much heart in that match. Yeah. You had stories coming from so many different angles and so many ways to break that match down. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. But, yeah, but, like, 
I don't know. I think I think they'll figure out a way when he's ready to retire. Mm-hmm. Now, back to my beef is that they, AEW, they being AEW, they seem to do this quite a bit where mm-hmm. they will tease very heavily the idea that something big is going to happen on Dynamite. They do it with the World Championship matches. They do it with a few intros, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you keep promoting everything as the best thing since sliced bread, it kind of starts to lose meaning for when you really have something big that's going to happen. When there is going to be a title change right. on Dynamite. When eventually someone probably will retire on Dynamite. So that that's my beef. Kind of annoyed by it. That's fair. I have two beefs. The stage is yours. Um, the first one is with AEW going back to live recordings as of the 6th. I don't think live recordings are the way to go right now. Things are not calming down. Even if you have been on a two-week quarantine. I, I guess if you've been on a hard two-week quarantine, it's okay. But you have to be in contact with people to get down to Florida. Yeah. I'm not a fan. So my second beef is this is going to get into the um, queer wrestling scene in the indies, specifically the the girlies. Okay. You know, the the, the, the gay dudes who present very feminine mm-hmm. and wrestle both men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically Rick Cataldo, who has been gatekeeping and kind of ruining queer wrestling in the indies for fucking years yeah i saw that story too this week fuck that also don't tell your performers that they need to wrestle in wigs it doesn't work like that fuck off rick so yeah don't support matter of pride wrestling don't support rick cataldo this has been a very very long simmering beef and shout out to jamie senegal for actually exposing all of this shit because holy shit. Yeah. And I saw even a shout out from David Starr on this one. Mm-hmm. Replying to, to Jamie's thread. Be like, yeah, Jamie's story isn't the first or last that'll probably come of this. There's a, there's probably a lot more to come. Yeah, and it's real shitty. Yeah. Like, I encourage you to look for that thread. Um, You know what? Fuck it. I'll retweet it. If you go to my Twitter... Uh, what is it? Twitter.com slash Kat Selesnia. You'll find I just retweeted that tweet as of 8.43pm uh, Friday, April 24th. I almost said October for some reason. I've lost track of time. Honestly, I've been doing the same thing all week. It's it's a hell of a thread. So that's my beef. Let's end on a positive note. Yes, please. Um. Oh god, what did Emma link? I, okay, what is this? I think that's her audio file. <laughs> that's fine i'll work it in there don't worry (laughs) providing oh god oh no emma's been in zedcaster the entire time talking (laughs) oh no (laughs) that might be a a patreon reward maybe yeah that's patreon tier Uh, that's patreon backer reward behind the scenes content oh god Oh boy. Emma, I just want to say I love you and I appreciate you and fuck. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, that's a good note to end on. Thank you all so much for spending your Friday evening with us. I'm gonna go pull a Adam hand wash page, wash my hands, and drink some fucking whiskey. So, uh, if that's everything from you, Aaron. Watch more Chuck Taylor. Watch more sexy Chucky T. In the meantime, be gay. Mwah. 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 Do crimes. Bang. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S dot C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Uh, we needed all of it. Everyone was playing like shit there. You're not wrong. But, like, that wasn't one person's fault. So... Don't say it was just the healers then. <laughs> good luck on your good luck on your next game. So that was a little bit of Overwatch tilting. Love you, Aaron. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. I'm a, I'm a